0: Before we start, let's just bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to be able to come here um, this morning to worship on your Sabbath. Just pray now that uh, you'll help us to um, be receptive to your word. I pray that you'll guide and direct my thoughts as well. Amen. Okay. Um, We've constantly bombarded with... um, Famous court cases. Okay, so the recent ones are uh, Ben Robert Smith, okay, that's one that's right up there. Um, Another one which has a twist to it is is Kathleen Folbig, uh, who was um, granted a pardon. A very unusual thing to happen. And I reflected when I saw that case happening on the Lindy Chamberlain case, which was back in the early 80s. Some of you might remember that, uh, where she was given a pardon too. Now, what about the Bruce Lerriman and Brittany Higgins case? Mate, that thing is just going downhill like this. Fair income. Um, oh, actually, Prince Harry's having a good go at the moment. He was having the Deacon Meaningful up, up there on the stand there the other day. I found it so interesting. It's, t- it's all about privacy. And he's got the whole world following him. I'm not sure how that works. But anyhow... Um, then there was George Pell. Oh, and don't forget Donald Trump. He is good for it. He's, he seems to go from one to the other to the other. But one thing that's really interesting amongst all these cases is there's some form... And, and I heard it yesterday on the ABC radio. It's called investigative journalism. Have you heard that before? Well, it's there. Okay. And uh, uh, quite often some of these cases come to the court because of the investigation that is done. And you know what? Judgment can go either way for these people. They're hoping for this, but they could end up with that. So what is it? What is judgement? It's the process of forming an opinion or an evaluation by discerning and comparing the facts. But there needs to be a person to settle the dispute. Okay, so courts are operating all the time, right? There's family matters. Okay, as we talked there, Adam and Eve have been fighting since day one and we're still fighting so you usually end up in court and I think it's called separation and divorce. Money issues, money's the best thing to get you into court, Um, so that's a big tick. Uh, Legal issues, criminal matters, yeah, there's no shortage there. Um, I know that we are legally required to be on jury duty. I've never been on jury duty, I really feel as though I'm missing out, because I would actually like to be on jury duty uh, at some stage, because I'd like to see the process uh, I, I would be scared stiff if I'm standing up in front of the judge, but I would like to be on jury duty. So society judges people by the laws established that makes it a nation, OK? So I actually did look up all the stuff there, and it's, it's a good system. We have a good system in this country. But every day we see things on TV where people have done the wrong thing. There's no shortage there. you only got to turn it on. It's there every single day, OK? And judgment is being made. But the media is very powerful about judgment. It can be very hard to know who is right and who is wrong. But God's word also talks about judgment. And one of the classic cases is found there in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. And I'm going to read you the story of Solomon's wise judgment. Now, two women who were harlots, okay, they were prostitutes, came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened, the third day after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us. In the house, except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and, and laid her dead son in my bosom. And then I rose in the morning to nurse my son. There he was, Dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. This is getting complicated, isn't it? The first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Don't you feel sorry for the king? Thus they spoke before the king. And the king said, one says, this is my son who lives and your son is the dead one. And the other one says, no, but your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. Okay, he's got a problem. Then the king said, maybe people should listen to this. Bring me a sword. So they bought bought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. And give half to one and half to the other. Well, that's fair, isn't it? Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, but by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him neither be mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him, she is his mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered and they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in in him to administer justice. So it gets pretty complicated. It's, that was messy, wasn't it? Messy and complicated. But ju- judgment needed to be made to settle the dispute. Judgment is certainly a theme that we see that runs right through God's word. Right from the story at the start. We have, and then we go to the story of Noah. We go to Sodom and Gomorrah. We have the plagues of Egypt. All stories of judgment Jesus also told parables of judgments. Sheep and the goats, the talents, the wise and foolish, virgins, the wedding feast. There is a theme. But for us, maybe we feel that we are exempt from any judgment because we're good people. And let's go to another level we're good Christian people. But the Bible does talk about another judgment to come, and guess what? We're all involved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So it doesn't matter what you've done, you're going to appear. And we see that here, that we are all going to be judged. It's not optional. The righteous and the wicked. Hebrews goes on to tell us that just as a man is destined to die once and after that to face judgement, it's hard to imagine the concept of everyone getting judged. Have you ever pondered how many human beings have ever lived on the face of the earth? I think that at the moment we're currently sitting on about eight billion and rising. But if you think about the whole history of Earth, that is seriously a lot of people, isn't it? And they're all got to be judged. And I'm sure that we've all got questions about it. The word judgment can cast fear into most of us unless you've got experience. Are you fearful of judgment? You should be. I would be. I'm bad enough just getting my speed fine. I don't know. Anyhow, will it be fair? It's not fair when you get booked for speeding. Remember, double the merit points this weekend. But why do we need a judgment? What is God judging? And how can God be a God of love when He judges? Are you scared of it? are you going to make it? Am I going to make it? What do I need to do to be saved? God's word is full of warnings. God's word is full of promises also about the judgment. But the Bible establishes several things about this judgment. It doesn't take place while you're alive. Oh, thank goodness. Unless you're right there at the end, in that last generation before Jesus comes. So the judgment is associated with the second coming. The judgment decision made in heaven and unknown to us will be revealed at the second coming. Oh, boy, there's going to be some surprises there. Some for eternal life and some for death. But the judgment is necessary because of who God is. So what do we say God is? Who is God? Okay. Well, we say let's say that he's a righteous God. He's a holy God. Righteousness is God's standard. So, what's righteousness? We'd say that righteousness is is an is an expression of His holiness. For God is holy, and if God is holy, then He must be opposed to what? Rebellion, disobedience, sin. God is not defined by the term of righteousness as much as the term itself is defined by God. God reveals his righteousness in the way that he rules and he shows mercy and compassion in saving us. The judgement is necessary because God will not leave anything unfinished. When we understand the big picture of this controversy between good and evil, The battle between right and wrong, God wants to be fair. He wants to be transparent. God will not use force. As he did back in the garden, we are free to choose. The question is where is your loyalty? This conflict is only for so long, it's not forever. There will be an end to evil. Judge, and we call it judgment day the dispute will be settled look even when we're watching TV we all like the idea of justice and people getting what they deserved okay it's hyped up for that to happen we feel good when we see justice we like it when someone makes things right so justice is very much a part of our society and our lives we like it until it affects us. And then we hope for mercy. We hope that you have a good barrister, a good legal team behind you. I want to ask you a question. Do you really want to go to heaven if there was no judgement? Have you ever thought about that? Could you imagine then for a moment then, what type of place would heaven be If everyone was there, the good and the bad. You ever thought about that? Doesn't really work, does it? So Jesus spoke about the judgment day, there in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken. That's scary. But how can you be absolutely certain that there's going to be a judgment day? In Acts it goes on to tell us, But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man whom he has appointed. And he has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. That's pretty clear. For we must, In, in, in 2 Corinthians it goes on to tell us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So are we sure there's going to be a judgment day? Are we sure that everybody's going to have their turn? Can we see that not everyone... Is going to have eternal life. Not everyone is going to go to heaven. The climax of the judgment scene is recorded by John in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 20. And then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened Another book was opened which was the book of life and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up the dead that was in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that was in them and each person was judged according to what they had done okay here's some facts okay each one of us are going to have to give them they're going to be held to account on the day of judgment we're all going to appear. Jesus is going to be the judge. We're going to be judged by what we have done. We're going to be judged by how we measure up to the word of God. We're going to be judged by what's recorded in those books, the book of life. We need, we need to get ready for the judgment day. Now, if Jesus is going to be the judge and his words are going to be the standard rule by which we are judged, it becomes very important that that we learn what his word is. In the great sermon on the mount, he said, not everyone who says to me... So this is getting more complicated. Not everyone who says to me... So there's obviously some connection there. Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name... And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles and then I will tell them plainly I never knew you. It is important to know what God is asking us to do. We need to know God's will. It's easy to say that I am a believer. It's easy to say that I'm a follower. I'm a Christian. Living it can be a different story. God's way is different from the world and it appears that even professed Christians can miss out on heaven. Do we know the word of God? Do we know what God wants us to do? Do we know Jesus? Are you really willing to follow him? Right through God's word, Something that for us as Adventists, something that's really important is the three angels' messages. What's the three angels' messages? It's a call to come back to him. He's calling his people to come out, to come back to him. But before there's a judgement, there needs to be someone doing an investigation. I think we can understand that concept, can't we? We'd like to know that there isn't an investigation and all the evidence is looked at. We call this the investigative judgment. Maybe you could be innocent, or maybe not. The good news is that we do have someone on our side. We have an advocate, Jesus. I hope this morning that all our names are written in that book, the book of life. All right. In John chapter five, verse twenty-two. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to His Son. Jesus is our advocate and our judge. Jesus understands us. He is compassionate. He is patient with us. He is merciful, and He doesn't want anyone to be lost. So we we understand that concept in Christianity. But then it goes on to say, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then down a few chapters later, for it tells us therefore the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Seriously, good news. The wages of sin is death. We would say that that is justice. That's fair, isn't it? That's the law. If we leave it there, there is no point of any of you being here this morning if that's the end of the story. No hope, no future. You might as well go and do whatever you like. But this is not the end of the story. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. There is a way. There is a way to live. And God himself has given us a way out. He has given us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, as our saviour. And that is really good news. The good news of the gospel is that God surprisingly forgives as well. But he only forgives when justice is satisfied. And it is Jesus who takes our guilt. He bore our sins on the cross, He paid the price for our sins on the cross. We are justified. Justification is an act of God whereby he declares on the basis of what Jesus has done that us, the sinner who puts our faith in Jesus, is not guilty. You have been declared righteous. A person who is justified, therefore, is in a state of acceptance with God. And this isn't a very important thing to understand. It's a very important state for us to be in. We have been made right with God, by God. Good news. And the the classic text that you all know off by heart, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so he's done it all, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We are justified by by faith in Jesus. It has nothing to do with what we do. And if we are justified, we could ask, why does there need to be a judgement if we are justified, if we believe? If we have right standing with God, can't we do whatever we like? Does Jesus promote sin, rebellion, disobedience? Absolutely not. Christ is not a promoter of sin. He's not an agent for sin. God has declared that by faith in Christ we are right in his eyes, but rather than giving us free reign to live these unrestrained lives, there is an expectation that in this new sanding that we have that something happens. There's a change. We grow in holiness and righteousness. There's a change in our lives that we take on the character of Jesus himself. We are not to think that in our right standing that that is the end of the story. We cannot be content with just being justified. When we look at the cost of being justified, there is a change in our lives. We are asked to look at what Jesus has done for us. And if your heart is not hard, there's something that happens to the heart when you realise the cost of what God has done for us to make us right with him. There's a change of direction in our lives. There's repentance. There's a turning around. It's the beginning of an incredible journey that all of you have experienced here this morning. The power of sin and death has been defeated at the cross. We are not only declared to be right, but we can live right because of what Jesus has done for us. He has given us his Holy Spirit that our lives can take on a new direction but there needs to be a judgment to work out. Who's genuine? We can't work it out. We can't even do the simple things. I'm sure most of you have been here tricked and scammed at some stage in your life. You can't work out what's true and what's not. Genuine believers have a trusting relationship with God. Their assurance is in the promise that we have an advocate with the Father, and that's Jesus. So why do we have this judgement? Is the judgement of benefit to God? Doesn't God know everything? I believe it's for the benefit of all the universe in answering the charges of Satan that God is not fair. and giving assurance to all of his creation that God will, allow, will only allow into his kingdoms those that, have, that are genuine, that are truly converted. So that's why there's books that have recorded everything. You, you can't even remember what you'd done three days ago. Well, I can't. I assume that you are the same. There's books. Everything's recorded. It's impartial. It's open for inspection. So think about it. We belong in three classes. There are those who openly reject the authority of God. There's no issue with that. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. In the God's word, they call them the wicked. Okay? So that's one class of people. There are those who appear to be genuine but are not. So that's another class. And then the third class... For those who are genuine, those who who have a tr- a trusting relationship with Jesus. So those two groups are in the book of life. But which one's genuine and which one's not? It's like us as a church. Is there genuine and not so genuine people in the church? I'm not going to comment. That's something that all of us have got to deal with. Who who can read the heart? It's only God. So judgment is needed before the second coming of Christ. It is to work out the true from the false and to demonstrate to the universe that God's justice is wanting to save his people And this calls for those books to be opened. Jesus depicted this judgment in his parable of the wedding guests, who responded to the invitation to come to the wedding. But guess what? Not all of them were genuine guests. The parable says that the king comes in to inspect the guests and to see that they've got their wedding garments on. And this this garment represents the character of Christ. Only those who have put on the robe of Christ's righteousness are accepted as genuine. Those who profess to be followers of God but are living contrary to the word of God are going to be removed from the book of life. Remember that God is fully committed to all of us. But are you fully committed to him? For those of us who experience God's love, we live justly, we live holy lives, we love others, we forgive, we have a living relationship with Jesus and we love the character of Jesus. When we are made right with God, by God, there is a difference. We think differently, we act differently because we are different. And it happens because of what God has done for us, for his, his amazing grace for us to save. Judgment will happen. Every detail of your lives is written in those books. There will be an investigation and judgment will be made for each one of us. But remember, it doesn't get any better for us when we know that Jesus is our judge. The day that you close your eyes in death, and that's going to happen for all of us. There will be no more time for you. Your deeds of your lives will show where your heart is. The investigation will be done before judgement is made. So today is the day for maybe to reevaluate, to re-examine. What's my life all about? Maybe it's time to t- change direction in your life. Maybe it's time to rethink what's really important, to recommit your life to Jesus. There is no fear in the judgment when Jesus is part of your life. He's asked us to love him with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, and you can be confident that when he returns that he's going to bring his reward with him for you. Eternal life. No more fighting. No more sorrow. No more pain, no more death. This dispute will be settled. The controversy is over. So for us, the the judgement is good news. Remember there, right at the end of the book of Revelation, behold, I am coming soon, my reward is with me. May the grace of the Lord be with you, with each one of you, in your incredible journey of life. And I pray this morning that Jesus will be part of your life. Amen.